You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podcast. Second and goal. This is Jones inside the five to the end zone. Touchdown! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hey, Grump. I just got back from the garden, you know, since now this is becoming the Just Nick's podcast. Uh, big Nick win tonight. Uh, not only myself was in attendance, but uh, several Giants were there today. You know, Daniel Jones, Galladay, Will Hernandez, they were all in Celebrity Row. So, uh, nice to know four great Giants are at the Knicks game tonight. Who's the fourth? Me! Oh, <laughs> well, because you know, I, I consider myself the forty seventh member of the roster. <laughs> wow, you, you you're up ahead of the special teamers at forty seventh. Oh, at least. Oh, all right. I'm all right. I, 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 I'm at least in the too deep chart. Well, then I consider myself lucky to have a podcast with you. Um, well, <laughs> the, the quality insight from inside the team. But I wanted to wish you a merry Christmas because it is draft day. Did you watch the shitty movie with Kevin Costner? Oh God, I mean. Someday we'll have to do our, a special podcast just breaking down draft day because it's so bad. I think so we should do that with guests. That would be fun as hell. That's a Skinner podcast for That's sure. That's a Skinner podcast, I think. Bobby, if you're listening, and I think you might be, let's once we get uh, past draft season and we're in the dog days before uh, in the summer, we'll do a, we'll do a, an analytical breakdown of the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner and uh, Jennifer Garner and somebody else in that movie. I think that's that's it. Oh, I mean, we we can go for hours. Oh, wait, 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 no. Um, Kevin sh- Leary. Kevin Leary is the coach. Yes, yes. Kevin Leary? No. Kevin Leary. De- Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary. Dennis Leary. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Kevin Leary is just some guy working the shelves at the Walmart in uh, Morristown. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And let's preface this. I may have had a beer or two at the game tonight, so just. <laughs> but, no, we, we definitely need to do a draft day for sure. Yeah, yeah. that movie – I think we should do like a whole sports movie episode. That should be the focus draft day because it's like the most like recent. But is it the most recent like real sports movie? It's it's the most laser focused one on sports. Oh, it, only. It, it, I you know my guilty pleasures are Kevin Costner movies. I you know you throw No Way Out or you throw you know JFK or you throw uh, Thirteen Days. Dreams. Yeah, I mean if they're on in the cable rotation. I'm watching him. So this is this is classic over the top Costner. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner and Nick Cage are like two sides of the same coin. <laughs> they do different kinds of movies, but they're the same person. I'm like pretty it, sure. If they're in your lane, they're fantastic. Yes, exactly. Um anyway, whatever. Um it is draft day and that movie sucks and it's in Cleveland, which ironically that's where the movie takes place. Um, fun fact about that movie, it was originally intended to be the Jets, and they declined any official um, link with it because they felt like it hit too close to home for fans, which is hilarious. Well, that's not true because they end up you know, making great moves, so how could that hit close to home? <laughs> the, yeah, they make impossible moves, you mean? But that only happens in the last like 10 minutes of the movie. It's the other like 80 minutes is just – aside from being bad, it's also bad. But it's draft day. It's day one. Um, it's exciting. Uh, and this is the most important 
pick. I mean, getting this wrong is always not a good thing. And every year, at least one team gets their day one pick wrong. Uh, in, in some sense, you know, they 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 don't contribute as envisioned. Uh, I'll say I'll say it like that. Not necessarily wrong. I feel like because we're drafting at as you know, as you listen to this eleventh, who knows what's going to happen with the draft? But we are not drafting a cornerstone guy. We're not going for the franchise quarterback. We're not going for you know the the elite you know, defensive guy. We're not going for somebody that's going to really change the face of the franchise for the next 10 years. So you don't think so? We have 11 a, should be a no. fucking pro bowler. Not this year, but in a couple of years. No, I mean, I mean, 11 to me, if you whiff on 11, is not as serious. If you're whiffing in the top five, of course, or if you're, I mean, or if you're, whiffing, or if you're whiffing on the quarterback move. So I, I feel there's a little bit of breathing room with this pick. Like, obviously you don't want to whiff, but I, I don't feel like the pressure is on. Like they have to hit with this guy. I mean, the odds, you know, go through the history of the draft and, you know, go through the top 30 picks for each year. And it's, you know, it's a checkered past of who guys are successful and who guys are not. So my point being is that we are in a position now that a, because we're not drafting second or third, we're drafting 11th and B this roster is getting to a place where we're relying on this pick to really change the course of the franchise that, um, don't feel the weight of the world on this pick and the expect and more importantly, the expectations of this guy in OTAs, in training camp, in preseason, in week one, week two, week three of year one. You're right. I, I, I think even so, you know, as we're saying all this, I don't think most first round picks are in some way a success in the league. It's very, it's usually the corner pack, corner and quarterback position that are guys that flame out, I think. Well, I mean, we, do we want to get into the Eric Flowers story? Do we want to I mean, get into... Say what you yeah. will, Eric Flowers yeah. played pretty well at guard in Washington, went to Miami on a big contract, just got traded back to Washington. He was a bust as a pick for us. He was a bust as a pick for us. Doesn't mean that he's not still kicking around in the league. Guys like guys like um, Ryan Leaf are, are busts. You know, guys like Mitchell Trubisky is probably a bust, you know. If, right. if the best you can be as a backup in the first as a first round pick, then you're a bust. But if you're a starter, even if you did a position switch, you're a starter at a different team. You're a starter. You're something. You're in the you're you know one of how many people starting in the NFL for a second contract. You know, so Eric Flowers was a total whiff on us, and it, you know, it, it, I, I guess for. Where we were drafting the position that we drafted him for, that whiff set the franchise back where if this pick, if it's a whiff, will not set us back as far as other picks potentially could based on slotting and position because we're not drafting a quarterback. We're not drafting a left tackle. You know, it's 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 like, of course, you want this guy to hit and it's going to be an important cog. But if it's a bomb, it's not sending this. You know, franchise into a downward spiral. You know what? You're you're absolutely right, and it's part of because the last few years we have been drafting pretty well, and we have been supplementing in free agency pretty well. The last two years now, uh, the last two years, our free agency period's been pretty good. It put us in a position with the roster where, like you said, we're not drafting a cornerstone piece. I mean, if he becomes a cornerstone piece. A plus. I mean, that's what you want. That's swinging for the fences right there and in a home run. If he becomes a starter and that's all he is, that's okay. You know, 
If if mm-hmm. if we draft, you know, I don't know, Micah Parsons, and he becomes, you know, he he's not the animal that he was at Penn State, but he's just a starting middle linebacker, and he gets, you know, he has some ups and downs, but he's always a starter, and it's not just because he was drafted high; it's because he's good enough to just be a starter. Then that's okay. If he becomes the absolute animal that he was at Penn State. And we nailed it, and that's awesome. But we don't need that. Like, we needed Andrew Thomas to be the correct pick. You know, Mm -hmm. we needed that left tackle to be right. We need Daniel Jones to be right. You know, Dexter Lawrence needed to be, to a lesser extent, an animal on the defensive line, which he's been, you know. And I have to say, you know, you brought up Eric Flowers, and I wasn't planning on talking about this, but we can quibble over Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones or Dexter Lawrence or DeAndre Baker, obviously, is one that we could quibble about. But I haven't been, you know, when we drafted with Jerry Reese and Mark Ross, Evan Ingram, I was very upset. When we drafted Eric Flowers, you were sitting next to me for that one. I was mm-hmm. really pissed. I, I mm-hmm. knew somebody I didn't like from the beginning. I don't like just traits and no fundamentals whatsoever. You know, I haven't felt very negatively about a pick since Dave Gettleman took over. And that's not necessarily credit to him. It's maybe things were just so bad with Mark Ross and Jerry Reese and we just kind of forget about it because there's other things to complain about and because we're not good right now. Um, is there anybody that you would that you think is a very probable pick that you would be upset with? You know, I know we I know we asked yeah. Bobby and Steffi and uh, and uh, the Entertainer about you know th- this question is there a position group or whatever. Um, honestly, honestly, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, I mean, because the only guys the positions I'd be really upset about are positions I know we're not going to pick. I mean, we're not dra- we're not drafting a quarterback, you know, with the first pick. We're not drafting a running back with the first pick. You know, those are really only the two positions I'd be like, you know, why are we doing this? You know, if we're drafting a quarterback in the first round, you know, it's just you're basically just wasted the last two years of, you know, and never gave the quarterback that you invested heavily in the real opportunity to succeed. And you're almost you're almost saying the reset button on that. But so we're not doing that. A running back would be, you know, I, you know, I think we will pick up a running back in the later rounds or maybe, you know, somebody off the street immediately after the draft, but taking one in the first round would be, you know, insanity. And we're not, we're not doing that. Uh, so really to be very honest, there's nothing out there that would make me, you know, do the jets, Kyle Brady face is, that we drafted. I mean, of course, if we drafted a Noel, I'd be upset because I don't want those kind on my team, but you know, it, it, that's, I'll get over that. You know, it's uh there really isn't any position group to me that now, because I think everything either we, we, we have a need to, you know, fortify either, you know, another receiver, another cornerback or depth that's, you know, involved, you know, that we need, or we're thinking about the next steps based on, you know, free agents that we drafted, but for a long-term plan. So no, I mean, we've discussed how we think we've, make great strides in this roster that it's not a complete reconstruction, but there's still enough that we need to improve on almost everywhere that I would be kind of happy with almost anything. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, there's a couple that would, that would, I mean, a lot of people have, have said that they'd be pretty upset if it was a corner. I don't, 
I, you, the fact that you could even make an argument about it means that I'm okay with it. You know, the talent is there. He's a talented guy. You know, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, those are guys that are really good and will be starters in this league, it looks like, for a long time. And, you know, Adoree Jackson, you know, maybe has some injuries. James Bradbury's not going to be here forever. I Even if he does live out the length of his contract, he'll be significantly older by the time it runs out. Maybe it's time to swap out. And you've already got somebody who's got his feet wet. Is pretty good. But, um, you know, there's a couple... It, I I wouldn't be upset, really, but I would be really tepid if Jalen Phillips is there. He's somebody that fans have put there, and I, I don't think that we're going to go that direction. I think the medical is really scary with Jalen Phillips, and I think also that he's not top 10 worthy edge rusher, even without the medical. I think he's just really good. I think he's probably a first-round pick, but you know, 18-20. You know, he's he's good. That's it. He's he's good. He's not LT. You know, he's not Von Miller. You know, he's not JJ Watt. He's he's just he's good. Um and I wouldn't necessarily be upset, but I would be really tepid like alright, if we're rolling the dice with this. Just remember something. When we're talking about slotting in the first round, someone that might have been in the eighteenth to nineteenth pick. It's drafted in the tenth pick. That gap is not that huge. It's not. No. You know. It, you know. We're, we're not talking about a first round pick versus a non drafted, you know, free agent. Or we're not talking about somebody who played at Alabama versus somebody who played for Eastlake High School. I mean, it, it, we're talking. You know, and also the draft is not ranking in order. The best player gets picked first. The second best player gets six seconds. So we're not saying we're taking the 18th best player at 10th. You know, so it's it, – we get so locked in with the draft and we get so locked into mocks. And we get so locked into, you know, what Mel Kuyper is saying and all these guys are saying. It's – we're really, you know, it, it's all about what your guy thinks, you know, for his metrics and if he likes or dislikes – factored into what we need, what we evaluate, what we look at, which is completely different than every single person. And there's really only 32 people that matter in this whole process. You know, it doesn't matter what you think or I think or any of the mocks think or any of our, you know, friends and fellow podcasters and ESPN people. It's what do they think inside the Meadowlands complex of their big board and what we feel is a need and what do we want? And then that's it. And again, you know, cornerback and people are be, oh, I'd be really upset with a cornerback. We have starter talent, but we're thin. Mm-hmm. And if one, one of our starters goes down for any length of time, then what? Then it's a little concerned, you know. And also we got two guys that we have um, um, back-to-back years for free agents that are, you know, they're not old men but they're also not 22 and 23 years old. So uh, I'm not at all concerned about if we, if we draft a a cornerback, you know, I, I, my philosophy might be a little different what we do, but I'm certainly not going to be banging my head against the wall that we drafted a corner. Um, You know, it's not just who we have today on April 28th, who are the two starters. It's looking forward to who we need. 
Yeah, and and I think that I would be happy with a variety of moves. I think I'm going to be happy coming out of this. It was so much easier last year when when you have a clear-cut need at tackle, you're in a position to take a tackle, and there's good tackles available for me to pick one of them and say I would be happy with these guys, but I really want this guy. You know, it's it's just so much mm-hmm. easier. And you sure. can clearly say too, we need to address this. And I we will were... be upset if we don't. And we were splitting hairs between four tackles. True. I mean, yeah. all, four all four of those of guys played well. All four of those guys will have nice careers in the NFL and be, you know, cornerstone tackles in this league. It's not like we're deciding between two guys that are good and two guys that are turnstiles. That that it does not look like the case after the first year. And again, I don't want to be the broken record, but all the things they had to go through to get to on the field this past year, they're all four of them will be significantly better next year going through the normal process. This year is different. This year it's, you know, we're drafting lower and there's less obvious needs to address than there were this time last year. Yeah. So this one's a little bit weirder um, in terms of like my, uh, my, my, my feelings towards what the pick might end up being. Um, I would be okay with, and you know, happy and excited for a number of things. I'd be happy and excited for, for Parsons and what he could do for a defense that's already strong but would add a playmaker in, in the second level. I would be, you know, happy. I, I mean, it's no secret I like J.C. Horn a lot. Patrick Sertain's also really good. Um, you know, fortifying that secondary. And, and I think, you know, this, this reinventing of what makes a good defense and that, you know, when you get just one really good edge rusher and that's it, people can double and triple team him and, you know, you're not that effective. But when you have a really good secondary and you have a decent rotation of edge guys, um, you know, you can you can hold off. A, you can disguise coverage. You can do all sorts of really good things to allow those decent guys to get in there. And when you have enough of them for cheap, they have fresh legs. So I think that that fits into what Patrick Graham has done really well. And I think, you know, what worked for us last year and what I think works around the league pretty well. Um and uh, I, obviously, there's huge holes on the offensive line. You know, Rayshon Slater can move inside, can stay outside. You know, he can make – adding a really good talent to the offensive line, no matter where he plays, is smart, in my opinion. Um, Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker, somebody who would play inside, I would be really happy with. I'd be even happier if we managed to trade down and get him because 11's a tad high, but I don't think much. And, uh, you know, whatever. And, you know, there's a plethora of why. I mean, I would be thrilled if we got Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be probably jumping around. Um, I think I would be the most happy with Jalen Waddle there. I don't know that it's the best move. I don't know it's the smartest move, but I know it is a good move and it's a smart move. And I think he's an electric player, unlike what we have in the wide receiver room. You know, we have we have good talent there. We were lacking a little bit of depth, but he does stuff that we don't have and uh, can transform your offense. And, you know, we're still going to need to protect, and, you know, we can address that in, in supplemental free agency after the draft and the other days of the draft. But I think that's the one that would probably make me the most happy. But I would be happy with all those other guys. What about you? I kind of spilled the beans a little bit. I think we were talking to Stephanie the other night. I really think we're trading down. Mm-hmm. I I really think – I mean we're in a she weird spot. She said it spot. too, right? Now that the People, media said it and he addressed it, he, she thinks he's going to do it. The media addressed it. I said we're, dra- we're, 
we're trading down. She said that. Oh, okay. I this is like a, like a like a jinx thing. Gotcha, gotcha. I I we're in a weird spot where we're drafting. We are not drafting, you know, potentially the best player at any position. You know, those guys are going to be kind of gone. I think. You know, whether it's tackle, whether it's you know, I think one of the two corners will be gone before. You know, I think Chase will be gone before. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts will be gone before. I just really, really think that we are going to try to drop down a couple of spots and try to pick up another pick or two. And it may not be for this year. It may be for next year. Um, I, I really just have this gut feeling. I think that Gettleman's kind of passionate defense that of why he never has before might've been a little bit of a tip off that they're really trying to this year. Um, I, 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 I just, I have that feeling that, you know, and it might be something we drop from 11 to like 15 or, you know, might be more severe. Like we drop, we, we trade out of the first round this year and we load up for next year. Um, I, I just, something tells me we're going to make a move that we're, we're looking at this, it, you know, I know it's a, the edict and the, you know, the, and we can talk about this for a whole episode, the win now mentality or now's the time mentality, what Mara said, that can be set up for a lot of interpretation. It doesn't necessarily mean we are trying to win a Super Bowl this year or we're trying to win a division this year. I mean, to me, it means this is the first year we are serious about trying to make playoff runs and doing something as opposed to treading water, waiting for this roster to be fortified so it's not to me i when, when like we, i think it was either the entertainer said it or or steffi said it when they said well when you know, we're in a the time is now that means there's no more excuses that that's not really what it means that means the time is now that we are a real franchise you know aiming for our goal for a championship that doesn't mean that the, the stopwatch is on for this year. So having said that, you know, there are still, you know, depth issues to, to fill on this roster. I think if, you know, if they move back five, six spots, they can still get, you know, because I think there's going to be a very serious run on, on quarterbacks on this draft. I think you're going to get five in the top nine or 10. All these other guys are going to push down. Somebody's going to be, there's going to be a fifth quarterback that somebody wants and somebody's going to panic and make that call to the giants and say, I, w I don't want to miss out on Justin Fields. If he's the fifth guy still there and they're going to make an offer. And I think we're going to take it and we're going to get extra picks. That's my, that's my prediction for this. Yeah. I think that, I think that it's possible. And, and you mentioned 15 with the Patriots is one that's been mentioned. 13 with the chargers is one. I think it's 17 to the Raiders is another, you know that those are all really possible, and it, you know, with the run on quarterbacks, like you said, you have a rare, weird talent with with Kyle Pitts. You have two really good corners that are getting hype at the right time to rise mm -hmm. up. Um, and you know, then there's always like a, a wrench in there. You've got a, a tackle that's a consensus guy. You've got another. He's a, he's a consensus guy, but he's. Would you put him? Where would you rank him with the four guys from last year? Sewell. Yeah, I would say. 
Um, I would say he's probably the best. I would oh, I would the, think really? yeah of those four yeah I think so he's not the prototypical size but he moves so much better he you know and I, I think that he's still growing too um, it's close though but I, but I think I would probably put him as the best Andrew Thomas I, I like just because he's got the size and he was still you know getting better and um, I liked what he did. But you know, in the run game, Sowell's really, really good. You know, in the pass game, he's still pretty good. He's he's got some things to work on that are kind of similar to it. Bobby did a good breakdown on his similar issues with Andrew Thomas and allowing the the inside move because of a a wonky uh, second step with the right foot. But you know, I think he's more athletic than Andrew Thomas, uh, and of course, he's got the shorter arms and, and length and whatever. But if he's not better, he's he's just right in there around you know second best. Um, He's really good. I I I fully believe that. Rayshon Slater is weirder to project because I think he can play all five positions on the line, and that's that's one of those things where he could go really high for that reason. He could fall a little bit because of his length. You know, he may be overhyped by the media. Uh, you know, these kind of irregularities, and, and you got three really good wide receivers as well. Teams want to jump because they see somebody they like falling further than they thought, and now they're in position where they can strike and, and they can jump in front of a team that they don't want to have it. Or, you know, whatever. You know, they're they're in striking distance. Certain teams like Baltimore are, uh, you know, they're really close to a Super Bowl. You know, they might trade up for. I'm not saying with us, but in general, they might trade up because somebody's falling. You know. Um, well, let me let me make my pick then. You know, assuming that they do not trade back and they still have their pick and they're on the clock, I have a feeling. You know, Gettleman and Judge, they want to build this team from the inside out, and I think they want to build as close to the ball as they can, working their way out. And I know there are, you know. Because we've had issues with guys in the past like DeAndre Baker, you know, random kickers that get into into DUIs and crazy stuff like that, that, you know, the fan base might think that we are shying away from ever taking a risk on a guy again. But I don't think they I don't think this team, you know, the, the inside the, you know, inside the bunker has that same aversion for risk that the fans do and the media does. I think we're taking Parsons. Really? Yeah. Okay. Even though they think, have that character concern? I, 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 I think the, you know, we're in a position now where, you know, we are drafting 11th. We, I think it's not, taking a risk is too harsh of a leap than I think it really is, but there's a market inefficiency with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a combination of because these, character concerns and also just because the way it's going to unfold with the quarterbacks that I think that he is going to be the highest guy on their board. And the guy, you know, you take it, you take a shot with character concerns. I mean, Warren Sapp dropped from being a top two, three pick down to eight because he was smoking weed. And he also is a piece of shit, but he managed to stay good while he was a player. Exactly. And he became an all time great. So, I mean, we're not talking about a guy who's had a, a, a rap sheet, you know, down the block of all these things he's done wrong. And the question is going to be, is he going to be in jail tomorrow? Is he going to be alive in two years? That's not the case. I mean, these are things, I mean, 
I, I also hear, you know, we're in this like for two months now. The Kadarius Tony things, like yeah, that's well, weird. Got, that that pop up and, what today? And, and, yeah, and he's and I, I heard it on. Uh, it was uh, Kyle Brandt said it on um, on uh, uh, Bill Simmons' podcast today. He's like, well, you hear about these things that his character concerns. I'm telling you, nobody know anybody who listens to this podcast. Nobody knows more about Florida football than me. And I'm telling you, what those quote unquote character concerns were, were a guy who younger, earlier in his career, wanted to be a rap artist as much as he was a football player. You know, you know, smoking weed when he was a freshman. I mean, little nonsense things that are not character concerns. They are the modern athlete and the modern kid in college. So when you hear character concerns, you know, tell me what those concerns are. Are they really something that, you know, I can understand and kind of like, okay, I get it. Or is this something where I need to hire somebody to make sure he's in his room every night or make sure he's not going to skid row or doing something. That's not what he has. And I I think that that market inefficiency is enough for us to, you know, raise some eyebrows with the pick, but I think it's something that if it pays off is a score for us. And I, I think that's who we're going to surprise and take. Yeah. And you know, we, we, we've talked a little bit, of, we've been talking so much draft in the past, like four days, I'm burnt out and exhausted. And so I don't remember if I said it on every single guest episode or one of them. And if it was one of them, I don't know which, but with him, I think those things are overblown. And I think that the giants, they attended the, the, I always want to say PlayStation, the Penn State Pro Day. Um, and, you know, I think that they have a good understanding of what really went on there. And if they pass on them, it's because they know that there's too much there. And if they go for it, then they know people that they trust vouched for him. And, Listen, you know, who is the face of the franchise for the New York Giants? Right now, it's Barkley. He's almost the face of the franchise for the NFL. Where do you go to school? Penn State. Do you think he might know a little bit about him? I know they didn't play overlap that that much, but he was certainly around when he was a freshman. I mean, yeah, I mean, also the D line coaches from Penn State. Exactly. So I mean, those guys know, and they be like, they, believe me, don't think they didn't have Barkley on a Zoom asking about him. Don't think they didn't have the D line coach out there asking about him. So they are doing their due diligence, and again, it's going to be a question of. Do they, you know, evaluating risk reward and that market inefficiency of the guy dropping below, you know, where he would normally be slotted based on ability and all the other things. And I I just feel if he's still around, they're jumping on him. They want to build this team inside out. This is a guy, you know, we, we for all you people that don't want us to, you know, draft a, a corner in the first round, thinks the secondary is fine. And, you know, obviously the defensive line is is looking really good right now that nobody was too concerned when we lost, what's his name, to free agency. Having a guy back, you know, right behind there, you know, is a a perfect guy that we need to kind of fortify the entire defense. And, you know, we'll worry about, we, we, we think we have our number one receiver. We're basically getting a franchise running back back this year. Offensive line will keep gelling. It's make or break for Daniel Jones. He's got the weapons around him. To me, it's kind of a logical pick. 
Um, I so what I'll say is, for a while, I thought in my gut that the pick was going to be Devontae Smith. I actually think that Smith is going to get picked a lot higher than people realize. I think some team is going to pick him over Waddle. Um, I think maybe a team that we don't expect to take a wide receiver is going to take a wide receiver, and they're going to take Smith. And I don't think he's going to be there when we pick. So in that see? instance, I I I actually think that my gut feeling is it will be Parsons. Um. Do you think anybody's going to trade up to get any of these receivers? I think the ones to trade up for will be Chase and Waddle. Um, And I think it's possible. I can't connect a team that would actually do it and a team that would shy away from them in my head. Would Would a team trade up to get Pitts? And I'm looking in our division at that. Absolutely. I, I, any team could use Pitts. There's not a team in the league that wouldn't get better but, with Pitts, but but is there a te- but is a team that would trade significant assets to get him? So that's what because the cost is going to be very high. I mean, if you're I trading see up, Dallas doing something wild like that, but that's exactly who I'm looking at. And that's you I'm know a, what I, Jerry Jones like, is a buffoon, tonight. but he doesn't really handle the draft very much anymore. I mean, he has obviously significant influence, but his son handles a lot of it, and you know he's the one who wanted Manziel, and they didn't do it. You know, it, yeah, but these are these are the type of picks. I agree that, with you. I agree with you. Yeah, that every all the protocols and all the chain of command get thrown out with one phone call from the yacht with the with the prostitute on it, <laughs> and if he says, "I want this guy," yeah, I think you're confusing him with Robert Kraft. <laughs> no, that was a massage parlor. You're getting your in Miami, isn't it the same thing? <laughs> I was just thinking of that one. Uh, there was one game where they kept showing him from his yacht, and there was that one <laughs> lady that was with him. <laughs> Seemed very bizarre. Uh, anyway, <laughs> those lines I, all start to connect, don't they? I digress. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I agree with you. And uh, Dallas is a team I could see doing. It. I could see a lot of teams doing it, especially if he falls beyond four. You know, which is where a lot of people think that he'll be gone. Right. At but four my or point five, be- yeah. But my point being is that, yeah, some teams might trade for for Pitts. I don't think anybody's trading up for this. I mean, we don't have a, a can't-miss Julio Jones or, you know, a, a can't-miss guy that, you know, you have to have. Like, it's gonna, I agree with you, are, but— These guys are solid, but they are not, you know— once in every five year guys coming out. I agree with you, but I will say that draft day always brings out one random crazy thing. And we, we saw it. We see it every single year. Uh, you know, um, the, the saints traded up to get Davenport the one year and that, I mean, I still don't understand what that was about. Hey, until we see who the 49ers pick. Yeah. That might be the, the head scratcher of the entire draft. I mean, if they, you know, if they're drafting up to get Matt Jones, I'm going to be shaking my head until I see this guy actually do anything on the field. Um, so is there, is there, is there any guy that we think has been a consensus first round pick that you could see legitimately dropping to day two? First round pick that's dropping to round two. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have been, I was shocked that Xavier McKinney fell out of the, the, uh, day one last year, I thought he was at least going to go by like twenty two or something like that. 
I think all the guys we've been mentioning over and over, like around where the Giants would pick or even slightly lower, I think they're all going to be there. Um, I, 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 unless something crazy happens where like a Kyle Trask gets picked in the first mm-hmm. round, where you know that that quarterback that if the run happens and somebody doesn't want to be left out of the quarterback merry-go-round has to jump on one that someone, but I mean, I could see guys like him or, you know, again, a guy like Kadarius Tony sliding higher. If there's a run somebody on, out. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a, a run on wide receivers all of a sudden. And it's just like, they don't want to miss out on. And, you know, Kadarius Tony is a guy that the film of him, it's kind of like watching a shitty movie, but, the, the every funny part is in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know it, what that's kind of. I mean, I'm not saying Kadarius Tony's a shitty movie, but the highlights of Kadarius Tony from this last, you know, four years at Florida are the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But without the highlight reel, he's not a guy like Kyle Pitts who's consistently running the great routes and making the steady. Right. There's something. Reception. There's something to be noteworthy in play after play, right. even if he's not getting thrown the ball. Kind with, of thing. With, with, with Tony, what you're seeing in like when they run that B film of him when he gets drafted, whether it's in the first round or on Friday, you're going to see, you know, the majority of the Kadarius Tony greatness, and that greatness is great, but it's not as consistent as some of these other guys are. Yeah. But someone's going to fall in love with it, and you know. Here's something, you know, Jacksonville has two picks hmm. in the first round. And Kadarius Tony had Ohio State as one of his finalists before he picked Florida. And Urban Meyer, you know, probably next to Ohio State, probably still knows the Florida roster more than any other school. So don't be shocked. And also, Jacksonville is a team that needs to develop their fan base and the biggest mistake Jacksonville made whether you like him or not think he's a good football player or not why didn't draft Tim Tebow in the first round in 2010 to get that place filled and build up a fan base and build up money I'll never know you we laugh about it as giant fans because it's we have a different fan base a different financial situation than small market teams like Jacksonville do but I'm telling you that means something down there Sure. Uh, there's there's one guy that I think for um, this is this is something that I think happens every year. Is there's a guy that for a long time leading up to the draft in the early months of you know January February um, and the beginning of March things change and they go from being this second round third round pick and suddenly they gain steam and they get first round buzz and they stay at that first round buzz all the way up to the draft and on draft day they get drafted in the second round right where we thought initially and it's just because of momentum and you know consensus thinking and not really thinking and analyzing and putting people in their place and one of those guys I think it might be that that quote unquote falls out of the first round but I think was never really going to be in the first round anyway is Pat Fryermuth from Penn State the tight end and I could see him being, you know, he was for me. I thought he was an early day two pick, you know, in in, you know, in the top fifty players, sure. Um, but I didn't think he was going to be in the top thirty two picks. And all of a sudden, he's like getting mocked to like 
the top 15, you know, the top 20. And I, I just, I don't know that I see that. I think, I think other positions are going to be more valued. I think other players are going to be more valued. And I think he will fall out of day one. I think these mocks are getting bored. And I think they're looking for new angles. I, I, I really, truly believe that. I don't think, let me ask you a question. I mean, we don't know. We're not in the rooms. But do you think teams' big boards fluctuate as much as mocks do Hell on the no, outside? No, not at all. I absolutely. Well, first of all, first of all, big boards are created through scout work that's been going on all year. Mock drafts change so much, A, because of clicks. They have to. Right. You know, they, I mean, they're purposely hot takey at certain points to get clicks. And, you know, you, you see it with Mel Kuyper's, you know, where it ends up being. It's like, what film did you watch that changed so much? You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to pick him out. I just, I, all I, of them. You're, make, you're making my point. You're making my point exactly where. Somebody that was a, a second or third round pick who's now all of a sudden me and Mach to the first, that is all outside noise that it has nothing to do with reality. It's just – it's outsider perception of being bored and needing clicks and just – you know, if, if Mel Kuyper I – would, I would applaud him so much if Mel Kuyper's version 4.0 was – I have no change from last time. I still think it's the same way it is. I, I went through. I crunched the numbers. Watch film. I talk to people, and you know something. Still think it's the same. That will never, ever, ever happen. Well, it'll never but, happen you know, because that would require him to make his 3.0 the the correct one, and that's the one that's usually intentionally fucked up. So yeah. that because this 4.0 is usually the, the the final draft is usually pretty close. I mean, there's the surprises in there and the trade ups that you can't just predict because certain guys start to fall and whatever. Um, but for the most part, he's, he's usually pretty spot on. Most of these guys are pretty spot on with their final draft. It's the draft right before that that is just all over the place. Right. Yeah. I'm just ready to do it. I'm sick and tired of talking about the draft. Yes. I, I honestly am. You know, to me, again, I – as you guys listening to this show know, you know, Grump is far more involved in the drafting analysis than I am. I, to me, you know, to me it's – you're talking – it's interesting learning about players, but 99% of those players will never wear a giant uniform, and 90% of those players will never talk about it ever again. And it's just like I, I get it. You know, It's interesting to understand what our needs are and to evaluate, and you know, Grump does a great job, and it's great listening to people and stuff. But at a certain point, I am like I'm ready to just make our picks. I'm ready for this league to do it. I think you know, there is so much time between – end of season and this point right now where I think everybody overanalyzes to death. And, and again, I, I just, I think these teams know exactly what they're, I think you know, the smart rooms, the smart war rooms have every scenario already plotted out. Yeah. This guy isn't pick. We're taking this guy. If he is, we're going to plan B if this and this happens because there are, you know, there's, there's ample time. They get they get paid to do this. They, they awesome. their job is to do this as correctly and as well as possible, and not and not to get clicks. It's to make a better team. And and there's hundreds of scenarios that can happen before we pick at eleven, and they have it all plotted out. So this whole thing, a lot of it's theater. When they have the the uh, you know they have the cameras in the rooms, and you see what are they else are going to do. They know what they're going to do. The only monkey wrench is when they get a phone call. Yep. And you know, I. Don't buy any of the bullshit that you know Gettleman doesn't doesn't believe in trading down or anything. That's all nonsense. 
I, I believe him 150% when he's like, I've had offers, but they're not good offers. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of have the hammer when somebody calls you. Just because somebody calls you doesn't mean you have, you have to do it. It has to make sense. So I'm just ready to do it. Yeah. I'm ready to go to sleep. I'm ready to wake up tomorrow, get through the day, sit down, have a beverage. Are you watching NFL Network or ESPN or ABC for your coverage? I'm not sure. I haven't decided. I usually, I'm not usually NFL Network is the one I go for, usually. I'm not watching those fucktards for uh, due to college because I, I, I can't stand those guys. I'll probably go to NFL Network too and just find a way to black out when uh, like guys like Michael Irvin are on there. Um, so I'm excited too. Uh, in the coming days, what we're going to do is we're going to have some real quick episode reaction things. Are, are we doing it? Are we recording it tomorrow night right after and releasing it in the morning? Yeah? Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so there'll be... More episodes, man. This is this is a, this is the most I've worked out of like clocked out on this in a long time, all week, man. Um, but we're gonna be doing that, so you know, stay tuned. Just keep following us on Twitter at football underscore grump at just giants pod. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't have to look for any of this stuff. It's just in your queue. You know, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, all those places. Subscribe there. Save yourself the headache. Save yourself trying to even remember just that it's there. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll have episodes for day one, day two, and then our our full draft analysis, you know, post draft analysis will be pushed to our normal Monday, Tuesday. Um, yeah, we might we might even record Sunday night so we have it fresh on Monday to, to kind of talk about it too. We'll see how it goes. And um, then and then following that, I will be doing what I've been doing for all these prospects, but narrowed down to the guys we actually took, and I'll post that stuff on Twitter. So be sure to follow me there. Catch me as always at the Cranky Fan where, you know, obviously we're talking about the draft, but also let's talk about the Knicks who won tonight. Let's talk about the Rays. Let's talk about the Lightning. Let's talk about talk about anything. And also, you know, we appreciate you guys. You know, we've thrown a lot of content out. We've had some really great guests this week. Oh, definitely. Uh, give, us a, uh, give us a five-star rating and a, a review. Let us know what you liked about this last couple of weeks, what you didn't like, what you'd like to hear from us, what, uh, you know, if you want that uh, – Foam uh, Just Giants finger. Let us know if you want that too. Uh, if you want to make any bets about anything, you know, let us know what, what you think about us. You know, you can find us on Twitter at you know, Just Giants Pod, uh, football underscore grump at the Cranky Fan, or uh, leave a review and a five star rating. And let's see, let's see what you think. All right, guys, it's finally Christmas Day, so let's sit back, stop doing so much analysis, and just enjoy it. Go, Go Giants. Giants.